get started. This week we're starting uh, the Robert Morris relationships. It's the title of the series, but it's about the Ten Commandments. Uh, and you should go on and turn to Exodus, both there in uh, Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5, but I'll be in Exodus 20, is what I'm reading out, out of it, be the New King James. Uh, Ten Commandments, and, and it's pretty funny. It's pretty cool. And Stan sent out on that group me thing. Relationships is, you know, R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P. He's got R-E-L-T-1-0, like 10. So it's kind of a marketing ploy. To, <coughs> if you look at it, buy the book or whatever. Uh, and Stan mentioned it the other day. And so when I got my phone out, I thought, I'm going to do this lesson, start on it. And went through, I saved these. I, every one of these I've saved on my podcast list. Well, Stan said they may delete them, and I'd be dead gum if they didn't delete them. So for a, I had to spend a dollar and get download them all, and got, I got them all now downloaded, uh, all 10 sermons. But they're, they're about 25 minutes. They don't take long to listen to. I mean, not long at all. But He's smart, dude. He really is. And I was Jeff and I was talking, and it's like you and I were talking last week. And, 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 and Jeff mentioned a while ago while everybody was still chatting a little bit. I vividly remember Brother Ted preaching on the Ten Commandments. He called them the Ten Love Letters. And uh, he he's coming at it from a perspective of relationships here. I never thought about the Ten Commandments. And he said what people get round up in Marcy is get wound up in about the Ten Commandments is the Ten, ten List of Don'ts. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And don't do that. He's not. He said. I, I, he said. I don't want to look at it from that perspective. He wants to look at it from the perspective of how do each of these make my relationships with him and others better. So as we go through the all ten of them, we'll focus on that some today. And I may be still in some of my thunder. I can't remember uh, as I jotted these notes down as I went through this lesson. Uh, but think about how each commandment can affect my relationship, you know, with whoever, my boss, my wife, my kids, uh, Aunt Jane down the road, whoever, you know, how to, how to, how to adhering to these commandments, uh, make relationships plus our relationship with God. So I'll be reading out of Exodus 20. So as we, and I just, I throw some of my thing. what comes to mind when you read or consider the 10 commandments? What do you think about? Breaking a lot. Yeah. Yes, don't, don't live no matter what. That's right, my mind was bad. Yeah, the don't list. Guide to live by. Guide to live by. What else? What's the framework? You know, you got number one in ABC, two ABC. So it's the basic framework the do's and don'ts. <laughs> Why, why would God give these to us through Moses, you reckon? Because Moses, several hundred years uh, after Abraham, Adam, and Eve, you know, there's a lot of things that went on between Adam and Eve and, and, and Moses in the Ten Commandments. We passed, David's passed around for uh, uh, the, if it didn't last week, the, uh, Taking up money for like Donnie and our special things that we do in this class. Why? Why would 
God give us these through Moses. You ever thought about that? We're going to come to that in a second, Larry. So hold on to that thought. We're going to spend some time in verses one and two. So so hold on to that thought. All right, well, let me ask you this question. This This is the objective here. This is the objective. Mars states that God was given us principles for living, principles to enhance our relationships. Not only the relationships with Brent and I say, but Alice and I, my two, my two boys, my two daughter-in-laws, two grandkids, two of them, my employer, my boss, and most importantly, God Almighty. All right. And I jotted and I've already stated all this because I got wound up and started talking. As we go through these 10 lessons, let's see if we can improve our relationship with each other, but more importantly, our relationship with God as we go through these, as we go through these 10 lessons. I am your Lord, your God. Oh, hold on to that thought too. Because if we understand that, that enhances our relationship. It makes it better if we have a true understanding. And we talked about it a lot last week. You know, if we if we truly understand who we're speaking and wrap our mind around it. All right. And the importance of that. I mean, do we? Yeah, exactly. All right. Ten principles, ten commandments. Maybe you hear when you're in classes, you walk in, get them started, next thing you know, about half of them are hanging from the rafters, grabbing on the gold, punching. Sometimes you just need to, you, you had to stop the class and, and re, redo the rules. Oh, Leo, that's great. Living down there, Stu, the old guy I work with, she painted them on the wall. We had six rooms. You're running, you walk into the gym, stop on the whistle. Keep your hands and feet to yourself. I keep remembering the three. I'll talk my head. You give me about three minutes and it comes because I've been retired out of that. Could that not be what Moses is delivering to these guys on this one, God? And yes. And, and and what we would do, and I'm not a big sentence writer. I, I, I despise teachers who give sentences. Be give them some our honor codes, they call them nuggets. I can't stand that mess. Give them some math problems. Give them something that they can learn and be productive with. We would give them, all right, you're going to write the rules 10 times space. Now, that's to me, that's productive because I learned through repetition. If I'm going to have a test in graduate school, if I was going to have a test a week from tomorrow, I always started a week prior to that just going over my notes every day, every day, every day, five minutes. Five minutes, seven, eight times. And that's just how I learn. That's just that's just how I learn. I, I, I can't stay up at night before I cram anything. I just, my mind don't work like that. But if I do it over and over and over and over again, it becomes innate. And I think that applies to these. And I think if we'll keep going back, God, God went back and gave them again, you know, because Moses broke because the Israelites were acting so foolish. Uh, it would it would just it would just help us, you know, not only live like Dalton was talking about like we're supposed to, but it, it would help us in our relationships and how we get along with folks and things what we do. Our, what is our God and what are idols in our life? Well, we're going to talk about that, and it's it's it's, it's from his perspective, it's it's pretty cool. It really it really is. It's it's really I never thought about. It. And he says during this, and I know I'm talking a lot here. 
He said at the start, this is the first lesson, of course. He said he had taken a sabbatical. I guess that's the going rage nowadays. Uh, sabbatical. And uh, time for study. He said, I was going to do the Ten Commandments, but he said, everything I taught, he said, I threw it away. Everything I listened to, I didn't. He said, God kept bringing me back from this perspective of, of relationships. And it, and it just really... And I go back to what Tommy said, this guy's pretty sharp. And Jeff and I, and I got all sideways. I think what enhances his ability, he's an English major, which is a stark contrast to me. Uh, I mean, like big time. I failed college English twice. Then I had to go back and take 099. You don't know what that is. We call that in my profession the bone head. Yeah. I, I want to grow up and be like you do. But I achieved that. I achieved my goal. Uh, yeah, I started, I started having to write them simple sentences, man. But, you know, I, my daughter-in-law's an English major, Madeline. I told her one day, I said, now, you know, when one day this text, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's be butchered. I said, but why do we talk? Why do we talk? Can anybody tell me? This is this is for y'all now. We are here to communicate. My grammar does not enhance my ability to communicate. So proper grammar needs to be on the back page and communication. Because my daddy communicated just looking at me sometimes. You know what I mean? We talked about that business. They clown around up there. And every time I look over, man, he's looking at me at church. I stopped that business. All right, Roman human number one, the principle of priority. That's the principle we're going to talk about in this relationship commandment number one. It's about our relationships. As we go through this, remember, God is the God of relationships. God is the God of relationships. Morris made that statement. He said, God is the God of relationships. From the Bible, examples in the Bible, how do we know that God is a God of relationships? What did he do to prove to us he is a God of relationships? He created Adam first, and what did he say then? It's not good that he's alone. Why, why, why did God create Adam to begin with? He, want, he wanted a relationship. He wanted, God was in need of nothing. He, 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 he desired a relationship with someone. And he did not desire, I think he desired it so much that he created Adam. And he, he knew Adam needed other relationships. So he created Eve. All right, what's another another example? Well, I jotted down, he, and Morris brings out, he, he redeemed the children of Israel for a relationship. Coming out of Egypt, why in the world would God tolerate that pack of folks time and time and time, even the Ten Commandments? I just said a while ago, Leo, Leo was talking, you know, he he, he done them twice. Because Moses broke the first batch. Why did he break the first batch? Because they were mad. He was mad at them 
because they were sinning and had another God. So he he desires relationships with David Israel so much that he he forgives sin. He desires relationships so much that he keeps his word. We're going to talk about that in a second. What about Jesus? What did Jesus do for us? He wants a relationship. God wants a relationship so much. He what did he do with Jesus? He, he sent him here to die for you and me. So he is a God of relationship. And I jotted that can we see and wrap our mind around this relationship thing? Can we understand why Morris is coming at it from this perspective? I, you know, when, when I was on the lawnmower, man, this past summer, and I can't even, I don't even know when it came on the radio on this podcast. It's July, August. I got to listen to this, and I, you know, I was thinking, it just blows my mind. I never thought about it. Never thought about it. It's intriguing. And, and the more I listen to each day, you know, it didn't take about two weeks to get through 10. It was amazing. I had spoke to it, all right? Look at Exodus 20, verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to read 1 and 2, and here's the question I want to ask you, and I want you to tell me. How do we know God is a God of relationship from these two verses, okay? From these two verses, I want to know how we know that God is a God of relationship. Now, Moses kept it. Oh, that's I'm wrong, wrong one. <clears throat> chapter 20. I'm on down chapter two. I didn't even see that zero side. I knew that didn't work. Here we go. Chapter verse one and chapter 20. And God spoke these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the house or the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. From these two verses. How do we know God is a God of relationship? Well, he brought them out of bondage, brought you out. That's the second one. What's What else? He's the Lord. You're God. You're God, Larry. You're God, Woody. You're God, Leo, Brian, Jim, Job. I mean, he's, he's your God. You know, or, or maybe the interest is on I am your God, not, a, not anybody else, but I am. Well, we we're gonna work our way to that, but right now we're establishing the fact that he 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 guarantees this relationship. Like he's he he's ours. He's also the Lord. Yes. He says Lord before God because the Lord is God. God is can take on a whole different meaning. But we can see if the Lord has. Exactly. Don't forget now, he did the same. Uh, why would God bring the children? We already talked about this, but I'm going to ask it again. Why would God bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? It was to have a relationship with them. He did the same for us. Let me read uh, uh, Romans 6 6 here. Let me get it up. Romans 6 6 says this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. These people, he brought them out of bondage. Bondage is, is, is another word for slavery. 
And he did the same thing for us. He brought us, he brought us out of the bondage of sin. It was Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, and that we should be no longer slaves of sin. According to verse 6, what were we before this relationship with Christ? We were slaves of sin. And why would God take on a slave and free him? This for a relationship. You out of love and a desire for a relationship. For God so, biggest two letter word in the Bible, so loved us that He wanted to free us from the bondage of slavery. Parentheses, sin. That's how much He desires. He desires a relationship with us. So much that he sent Jesus to die for that relationship. And don't forget now, the principle of priority is number one we're talking about. It. But he also loved us so much that he gave us free will. Exactly. So who or what determines the depth of that relationship we have with Christ? Explain. Jeff said we do. If we... If we determine the depth of that relationship, how do we how do we determine that? How much time we have we choose to spend with him? I'm sorry. Spending time with him. Well, under that umbrella, how do we spend time with him? Put no other gods before him. There's a priority there. Pray. Accountability bunch, spend time with godly <clears throat> folks, listen to some podcasts. Follow those ten commandments. If you love him, you will keep his commandments. Exactly. God has to tell me that all the time. I jot down uh, how do we determine our death, that death? I jot down our commitment and our love. What's the level of love? I'm just, it's rhetorical. Don't answer. Think about it. What's your level of love? Now compare that to the level of love of the Lord. What's your commitment level? What are you willing to do? Compare that to the commitment level that God had toward us. You see where the priority when, when, and, and, well, I didn't jot this question down, but what hinders our commitment level? What hinders our love? Exactly. Give me some examples, Charlie, or somebody else. You know, what? how do, how do we meter that? What what keeps us? Water hose, kicking up a water hose on trust. Shuts it down. I mean, how much we believe and how much we trust and how much we're going to let out. We're going to let go. Are we going to let it eat or are we going to hold it back? Are we going to turn that spigot halfway or are we going to pop the top and let it roll? Now these, are, now these are questions we have to ask ourselves in the beginning, me included. All right. What else? What else determines that commitment level, that, that our love level? Our love for the world, selfishness. 
convenience. Yeah, I'll follow this, but you know, I, need, I need to do this right I, I believe in all that, but. We're going to talk about a lady in a second at the end who, 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 who goes right, parallels what you're talking about. It's one of the last sections of verses that I have. It goes back to what we talked about last week. I mean, do we really understand who we're talking to when we pray? I mean, do we do we understand, do we ponder the fact that he created the universe and spoke it into existence? Do we ponder the fact that he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead? Do we ponder the fact that he made the bread seem dry? Raised Jesus from the dead? Healed up quadriplegic? The guy had a problem, a health issue for 38 years, maybe his entire life. It's like that. It's just like that. a lady with the issue of blood didn't even have to talk. I mean, just walk by and touch it. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, do we ponder? Hi, Johnny. Here's an example. Let me read Psalm 103, verse 7. Put the password in there, kind of messed my phone. Messed up. He made known his ways to Moses, and he acts his acts to the children of Israel. Now, this is how much he loved Moses, and he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. How did Moses have a deeper relationship with God than the children of Israel? From this verse right here. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Moses? Moses was the intermediary. God told Moses this, and he says, you tell him that. He was the end of Well, Morris brings out the point in this priority. Moses had a higher priority than the children of Israel. It's obvious because they, they, they had, a, had a golden calf. And Moses... Priority was so high that he got aggravated about it, ticked off that he broke the Ten Commandments. All right. And Mars says that Moses knew his ways. And the children of Israel knew what? His acts. Her tailor. Moses knew his ways. You see the deeper. Now think about it. Here's Moses' commitment. And his love from his priority, principle of priority, their, their commitment and their love and their, their, their priority. How long was Moses on the mount? 40 days getting the Ten Commandments? They folded the tent in 40 days. I was listening to Marshall. I can't find my little radio. I think it was 30, 40 days. At least 40 days. I don't know. But he, I was listening to him riding my bicycle in the morning. He, he, his prayer. And he was talking about this lady. He says, honest truth. This lady's husband, she'd been praying for his salvation for 42 years. And while he was off on a business trip, he got killed in the car. A month later, some guy called, some out of the blue, from down in Florida somewhere, true story. 
He said this lady, this guy called me and said, hey, it's Bill there, whoever the guy said. said, no, he, was, he passed away and he got killed. He's killing Carter. He said, man, I hate, to, I hate to hear it. He said, can you tell me what day that was? He said, whatever, June the 1st. And uh, that's what the guy, what the wife told this guy. And the guy said, I, I've got good news for you, ma'am. And she said, what are you talking about? She said, I, I, God told me to stop on the side of the road and flag his vehicle down. Long story short, he led this lady's wife, husband to the Lord about a half an hour before he had a car wreck and died. And she had been praying for him for 42 years. Talk about a commitment level. They had 40 days, roughly, give or take. They built in golden calves. Moses now, we know Moses was 40 years from birth in the house of Egypt, in the house of Pharaoh, 40 years in the wilderness. God prepped him 40 years to lead this bunch out of Egypt and 40 years in the wilderness before he died. So Moses' life, Moses lived 120 years, but his priority from, at, from age 40 to 120 was God. He didn't waver. His relationship, his commitment level. Are we are we willing to do 40 years? Are we willing to pray for 42 years like this lady? And, and she buried that joker without ever knowing. And a month later, can you imagine the smile on that chick's face man, when that guy called? I just, that story blew my mind. Just blew my mind. What's the difference? Well, that they just heard about. It. You know, they just saw the acts of the red, and it apparently didn't affect them. It didn't, it didn't affect their commitment level. It sure as heck didn't affect, uh, affect their, their love level. Because, I mean, if you'd have seen there, Pharaoh coming right here, and here's the Red Sea, the Tennessee River right over here. We're over up there by Michael Wayne's office. And out there, and there's water. And we got to get across, and O'Neill Bridge is gone. It's not there. And God drives that sucker up, and we walk across there, and they die in the middle. How much would you waver after that? You know, now we can point fingers. I can't tell you everybody in here saying America. Steve mentioned his daughter last week, the week before that. Going in for open heart surgery. Then they go back, there was an aneurysm, I think he said. They go back in a right before the center, they can't find this guy. out of it. All right? Commitment. Principle of pride. Roman number two. Worship God only. Worship God only. Now, we're, remember, if we do these things, they, they enhance our relationship with God. Go back, and we'll come back to this and say, think about how Moses' relationship was with God and the children of Israel. Commitment level, love level, commitment level, love level. Keep that in mind. Roman numeral number two, worship God only. Look at Exodus uh, 20, verse uh, three. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. He brings out a point, and I want, I want you to look at this first. How is God's 
spell. Little G. But, and it's plural. What do you think about that? Mars said, is God telling us it's all right to have other gods, but just don't have any before us? You see what I'm saying? You ever thought about this? I have. Because that's what it says. It's what my, that's New King James, so you know it's right. It's not, it's not, it's not some off-brand. But enough seriously. You shall have no other gods before me. What about the phrase before me? What do you think that means? Be led by those gods. Don't you, you, won't, you won't be following those gods. So I'm going to get in some un, unfamiliar territory for, with me because we're talking about prepositions. Okay. I've already made a statement I failed college English twice. That's the third time. And then and then you and I through this hey, you got to write a paper to get your college degree. And I, I didn't pass it, so I had to go back to 099. In 099, all you have to do in 099 English was write six consecutive passing papers. It took me the whole semester to get out. Uh, it's just it's terrible. It's just terrible. But we're talking about, is God saying this is okay to have other government? All right. The key word here is before. Before is a pres- prep- uh, preposition. You guys, you're smarter than me. What is a preposition? Y'all making me feel good now. Y'all, 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 y'all he failed English through you. Y'all don't know what the crap y'all. I'm asking it. Yeah, hey, hey, watch it. Watch, watch your mouth. <laughs> Ain't no dangling thing. Uh, preposition clarifies a thought. It clarifies a thought. Think about it. Why is before me so important to understand and know about prepositions here? Why is it? Why do we need to know about prepositions before me pertaining to verse three? It clarifies the first part of the commandment. What's the first part of the commandment? You shall have no other gods. Period. Before me just clarifies that. The commandment is, you shall have no other gods. Now, what other gods do we find? Well, Alabama or Auburn, since it was yesterday. The Braves. A little golf, a little hunting, a little fishing, our homes, our position, our possessions, and our position. Yeah, you know, we eat everything. Time. Uh, what else? I mean, all that can be our God. So if it comes down to you should not have any other gods, Now, now it kind of, it bothers me that I have to think about what what am I placed up there that's pretty important to me? That might affect my relationship with God, might hinder it, might might keep me from doing what I'm I'm supposed to be doing for the Lord. These are the things that go through my mind as I was listening to this. Is my health? Is my ability to get around or provide? Have toys, you know? Just just thinking that loud. Why would God make this point to the Israelite people? 
They have no other gods. They had lots of other gods. And I jotted this down. They had 29 main gods. Mark says this in the sermon. 29 main gods and 2,000 lesser gods. Now, how long were they the children of Israel? How long were they in Egypt? 490 years, I think. Am I wrong? From Joseph to Moses. Close to 500 years. That gets ingrained. When that's all you know, that's all you know. You know, it's hard to it's hard to shake it. If that's all, all I know is Allison makes fun of me. My two kids make I buy four bitch. It's not because I love Woody, and I do. My daddy bought it, and, and and he worked at Ford, so I buy four bitch. I like Clark County. Man. My granddaddy went there. My parents went there. My my, my daddy law. My mother in law went there. I went there, my brother went there, my kids went there. That's my, that's, you know, it's, it's hard to shake that. They're having a hard time shaking 29 main gods and, 29, and 2,000 lesser gods. So, and, 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 and here's another thing. He brings out in this lesson, before in the Hebrew, can, can be translated beside. Now read verse 3 again and put the word beside where before is at. You shall have no other God beside me. He brings out the point that before me, when it's translated before, is very rare in the Old Testament compared to beside. It's interchangeable. In the Hebrew, besides. You can't, you can't have two. Well, beside also means in addition to. That's besides yeah. the point. That's an addition to the point. Yeah, so that's what he's saying. He said you can't have those. Those those are not too big. <laughs> Our relationship with the Lord relationship is not going to be where it's supposed to be if there is something beside God there. And I jotted down. How does this fact enhance our relationship? I just talked about with God. If we grab hold of this fact. If we, if we can wrap our mind around the fact that we are to not have anything else but God is the, is the is, I can't imagine. You know, you wonder why Tiger Woods was so good. I read some stuff on him. His day consisted of 6 o'clock working out for an hour or two, going and hitting balls to 12, 8 to 12, still some breakfast from there. Go eat lunch, go play 18, then go back to the Rhinos. A lot of 12-hour day, every day, seven days a week. You want to know why he was so good? Because he put in 12 hours a day, seven days a week. What is that, 84 hours? Mm-hmm. 84 hours a week working on his golf game. I think I've done something if I've read my Bible 15 minutes. And I want to have a quality relationship. Commitment? How much do I love him? Why is it just 15 minutes? Well, I woke up, I love sleep more. I love that show the night before, so I stayed up later and I didn't get up on time. You know what I'm saying? You see how this see how the priority? Now sleep is very important to me. I'll, I'll go sleep in the heart. 
And I just, I, November is my least favorite month of year. I was like, man, it's Thanksgiving. I said, I don't care, man. The time is changing. It's dark at 2 30 in the afternoon. Man, my work. I guess the older I get, what is it called? Sundown, please, or something? You know, you want to go to bed when the sun goes down? I speak. You know, I've been up since two o'clock this morning. I cannot understand why I, I had to go to the restroom and I've been up. I thought I can't go back to sleep. And, and I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. What I'm saying is, how big of a priority is it? How big of a priority? That's, that's what I mean. What happened? I'm sorry. Oh, my daddy told me a long time ago. I said, Yeah, that time he looked at me and he looked me straight in the eye and he said, Son, you have exactly the amount of time. You have, you do exactly what you want to every day. Whatever is important to you, that's what you do every day. And I thought, Man, you know, I, I believe he's hit the nail on me. How important is it to me? I'm just asking. What happens uh, if we don't put God first? No, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. I'll, I'll turn the page here. I did this last one. Roman number three, put God first. How do we know that this is important to God, putting God first? I'm going to come back to that question. Just, how do we know it's important for God, from God for us to put God first? What number of the commandments are we talking about today? Eight? Sixth one? What number is it? Somebody say it out loud. It's the first one. That's the most important one, right? No one cares who wins runner-up. No one remembers it. Except the losers. He put this first. Because if we can do this, all this other stuff kind of falls into place. It's the priority of, 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 of having no other gods. What happens if we don't put God first? No other relationship is going to be up to snuff. There's two relationships, the vertical one and the horizontal ones. One, one's. If this one's not good, these others don't have a snowball's chance. Agreed? When Alice and I, John David and I, you know, whoever I work with and I, you know, in here and I, if this is good, if, I, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, those are just, it's, it's so much better. Let me read, uh, let me read Genesis 4, uh, 3 through 5. How do we know this? Genesis, uh, Genesis 4, 3 through 5. Listen to this. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering to of the ground, of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought the firstborn of the flock, of, of their fat, and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance spoke. 
Put God first. Let me read that again. And you tell me what's wrong with, with Cain, okay? And compare him to Abel. We know Cain killed Abel. And we know that Abel brought a blood sacrifice. There's another key part here that I've never really pondered. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Cain also brought of the first fruits, firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering and did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry in his countenance. What do you think the problem Cain was? He brought whatever was left. He didn't bring it out of the first. First batch. I give whatever's left over. Have you ever thought about that? What did Cain, what did Abel do? Firstborn, man, bam, he's here. He put God first. Cain kind of, I don't know what his priority list was. Apparently it wasn't the first ones because he don't say he brought the first fruits. He brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. Just, just a random offering. Hey, man, nobody likes figs. I'll bring those. Nobody eats radishes. I'll bring those. Or beets. I don't like stuff I don't eat. My daddy would tear them up. I don't eat them. You know, I'll bring the stuff that I don't like. Abel, the first one. The prize. No guarantee there's going to be another one. And uh, how did not putting God first affect Cain's relationship with his brother and God? That's a simple question, man. He killed his brother, and he was angry at God because he because whose fault was it? It was his. You're talking about them, the rules on the wall, yeah? When them kids looked at me, and I could tell they were ticked off when I get on that rear end for them. I looked up and I said, "You broke it. I should be mad at you because you are making me do something about it." You knew not to run into the gym. All right, you run into the gym, you're out all day. That's just the end of the question. Had a funny, had a sub up there one day. And she drug her kids in there, Lee. I don't know about you, man, but elementary teachers or something else. I know because I was one, and I am a qualified observer. Uh, she brought that PE bunch in there. They'll bring them PE five minutes early every day, if you let them. I mean, they just, they will every day. I don't, I never seen one of them. She was sitting, I was sitting in my office and I kind of eased back in my chair because I didn't want to get the kids right now. You know, she getting paid. And she's standing there watching and Demacio Bates come running. Doors flew open. He's running in the gym and he's got his head and he's just beat the band. He gets about here to west and he sees her and he stops and he slides like it's in the hall plate and bam, boom, down she goes. <laughs> she's hollering at him and I back up at him and I'm crying about it. He ran into the gym. <laughs> Ran into the gym. And then he's, he's mad that he has to sit out. He wouldn't have knocked her down if he was doing what he's supposed to be doing. Right? If we do what we're supposed to be doing, it cuts out a lot of, cuts out a lot of heart over. It's funny. You know, Demacio's, he, he got in trouble. She got knocked down. It's all hilarious. But when we apply it to our life, we can... We can do what we're supposed to be doing and cut down on our trials and tribulations. 
Uh, look at Matthew uh, 6, 33. Let me find it. Matthew 6, 33. But seek, versus Jesus seeking. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus said it. God said it through Moses on the Ten Commandments. You should have no other gods. What's the priority? I mean, well, you see how this relationship affects everything? We've talked about how it affected Cain. Cain didn't have God as a priority. It caused him to kill his brother and get mad at God. Look at Kings. Now listen to this. How does this how does this widow survive right here? And I told you we'd come back to something like this to our God. This is in a I don't know why my phone won't stay on longer than it does. This is first Kings 17, 8 through 16. Now listen to this. This is y'all know this story. It says, and then the word of the Lord came to him, talking about Elijah. Arise and go to Zarephath. Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So ring a bell. So he arose and he went, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her. Now listen, I just want you to focus on how this woman survives, okay? And he, he called her and said, bring me a little water in the cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. <clears throat> Only a handful of flour in a bin and a dab, a little dab of oil and a jar. And see, I am, listen to this, listen to this woman's situation. I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and that we may die. It's going to be the last supper for them. Got enough just to have one meal, and I'm going to eat it, and, she, and he and I are going to sit down, and we're going to die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, but make a small cake from it and bring it to me. Make a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourselves and for your son. For thus says the Lord, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. And the bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. How did this woman survive? She had enough for one meal. Faith. But what did she do first? She obeyed God and, 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 and proved that by feeding Elijah before her second her son. I think it's cool that someone mentioned you know, she never went back in there and found a full jar. She just never ran out. Kind of like manna. You know, manna was provided enough for each day, except on the on, on, the day before the Sabbath, there was enough for two days. And it just, you had to get it daily by reading the Bible. The gear's talking about what goes, spending time with it, our commitment level. You have to do it daily. 
And you have to, you have to stick to it. You got, you just got to be diligent. If you don't, if you don't go get mad on that day, what is what was going to happen to them? They're going to get hungry. All right. What was the uh, what was the uh, repercussion of putting God first for this widow? What was the cause and effect? Because she put God first, what was the effect of that? She didn't die. She survived. She lived. They didn't have to. They they had food every day. Priority. Priority. Last thing. Quiz yourself. What is God telling me as an individual? From you shall have no other gods beside me. You know, in this lesson, this is just some of the things that when I was listening to it, what what hinders me? Why, Why am I not committed like I need to be? I can look back over my life, man, and it just, you know, I wasn't real committed to playing baseball. I mean, I, I was. I could play, and I thought I was just good enough to get me. I was just better than everybody. I didn't have to work it. Well, everybody can play. The higher up you go, the better everybody is. You know, here's Tiger Woods, the best in the last 40 years by far. One of the two best players ever. I think Nicholas is. Men and Hogan argue about that all the time. But I mean, they're one and two. No doubt about it. He worked 12 hours a day, his commitment level. How do you do that? He was focused, he stayed focused. You know, and God's like, what are you focused on, cowboy? What, what are you doing? And the thing is, it's like going back to the children of Israel and the Red Sea and the Golden Calf and, and turning away. I call it the cycle of sin they did. They would sin. They would drift away and sin. God would punish them. They would repent. They would drift away and sin. God would punish them. They would repent. They would drift away and sin. God would punish them. It was just a never-ending cycle like a hamster on that wheel. God never quit on them. His commitment to them was not what their commitment to him was. He's faithful to what God himself is. It does. It does. It makes me look in the mirror. I'm like, hey, why, why am I why am I why am I not doing what I'm supposed to do? I get a little wrapped up in my little world. I get I get nah, it's not that big of a deal. Or, you know, I don't have time today. I, I slept too late, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, a thousand things, thousand excuses. Took his focus. I don't know how the boy had time to do all the stuff he was doing. To be honest, he must have not slept about two hours a day. But when it comes to God, his, he had a purpose. He had a singular goal, and he probably would eclipse Nicholas again. Let all the other ones. You know, getting away. Our relationship. You see how having other things there hurts our relationship? The priority here hurts our relationship. 
I just thought, when I heard this first one, I thought, that's pretty cool. And the more I heard, the better they got. So I hope y'all, I hope y'all watch something. Anybody have anything to add or subtract? Let's go ahead and pray with you. God, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this, this series here. I, 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 it just really, really spoke to me. And God, I thank you for Mars being an intelligent guy and using his, his knowledge of the English language and, and how to research words how to bring light on a, on a passage that, uh, that I've never thought about. How no other gods, nothing should be. But how, but how that influences my relationship with God? And if my relationship with you, Lord, is, un, is, is, is hindered or not enhanced like it should be, my relationship with my wife, kids, and my friends, and Sunday school, and every, every aspect of passage of my life, when I'll be where it needs to be. Well, God, I thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for being God, being the creator and the lover of the world. So much so that you sent Jesus for me and for this world. And God, I pray, I'm just going to pray for Jennifer specifically, God. And God, I just want to lift her up. God, I praise you, heal her. And God, while you're healing her body, God, Hold her mind close to you. And God, give Jim words of comfort and wisdom and knowledge. Just, just, uh, just let her know that we, we love her in here. And these cats in here pray for her. Lord, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't want to single anybody out, Lord, but you just kind of, you just lay that on my heart. God, the rest of these prayer requests, God, I pray for them as well. Dalton and JT and, and David's son. We just got a list of them. Put your hand on them. Let them know that you're in charge and you're the supreme being. And nothing catches you off guard. And nothing is above you. Nothing. And Lord, I love you and I thank you for Jesus Christ. I'll ask these things in your sweet, precious name. Amen.